the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. I'm Rob Black. We got business time coming, playing. That means Dr. Jeff Rosen's with us, chief economist at briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good about yourself. Good. Are you all excited and gathered and waiting to hear about Janet Yellen and Jackson Hole and Janet Yellen and the Fed? That seems to be what's going on today. I mean, I'll be interested in seeing what she thinks to see if she's changed tone in in any ways about uh, when interest rates are going to rise. My feeling is it's going to be pretty much straight by the book. You know, we're not going to see much difference. She's still going to say that things are improving. And, and, you know, if she talks about raising rates at all, she'll be, you know, talking about how it's still far into the future. What else is happening in the world of economic data? I saw some retail sales numbers, again, look a little weaker. Target, Macy's coming out. Um, Lowe's not doing all that great, but Home Depot is. What do you, what, what's happening? You know, it's been a really slow month of August. Uh, you okay. know, a lot of people seem to take this month off, and uh, a lot of the econ blogs are silent. A lot of the analyses are silent, and the data has largely came in, come in with expectations. So there hasn't been anything to really rock the boat. Uh, in terms of retail sales, I mean, it, it all bodes to income. If you don't have income growth, you can't have consumption growth. I mean, that, and they're just tied together. The only way that that relationship fails is if the consumer decides to spend out of savings and lower the savings rate and, and increase consumption that way, which is what we saw in um, – you know, mid to late 2000s, where you had low uh, savings rates, which fueled the credit boom. Now, today, you have the opposite. You have, you know, a consumer that has, that's probably better credit worthy today than it has been in, a, you know, possibly a decade. And yet, the savings rate continues to trend higher, which means that unless income growth, you know, accelerates, we're not going to be able to see consumption growth. It's, it's just not there. So does that change, or do you see this as just the, the, the hangover from the Great Recession that doesn't go away? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know, really. It's unfortunate that there is no one way of calling this and saying this is a temporary uh, response to the credit boom and, and burst and you know, seeing how people react to you know, potential job losses that they didn't expect to happen. Now, and if that's the case, then once everything becomes stable, then you would expect the savings rate to fall back down, you know, 2%, even possibly below that. And, 
consumption growth will resume as we had in the past. However, you know, if you look at this new generation of millennials, uh, this Great Recession being like uh, the Great Depression to my grandparents' era, you know, their savings rate was always higher than the baby boomers' era because they went through a period of nasty recession, you know, and, and depression. And if the millennials believe that this type of recession is something that can happen again in the future, then those people are going to have higher savings, and you're going to have depressed consumption growth for some time. What economic data are you looking forward to in the coming weeks that maybe we could start looking forward to? Um, I mean, the whole economy right now is revolving around job growth. I mean, without income growth, you don't have consumption growth. And without consumption growth, businesses are lax on investing. You know, we don't have a buyer of last resort in the the government, you know, in fiscal policy that would drive growth in, in, you know, spur an economic acceleration. You know, that's not there. What we need to see is the private sector... Um, passing profits through to consumers by employing more, more workers and, and driving up demand uh, internally, and that's been difficult. So we're, we're just going to keep focusing on those job numbers, see if they improve, keep focusing on hourly wages, see if those uh, strengthen, take a look at hourly um, work week, and see if, uh, you know, in the aggregate, people are working more, making more money, and having more income to spend. Taking a look at some of the um, other angles, uh, there was a story out this week that one in three Americans saved nothing for retirement. Um, what do you think about the savings rate in America? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And when we do save, does that mean we're not spending? And is that a bad thing versus a good thing? Yeah, well, that's that's the catch-22 behind all this. You know, we, you had lower savings rates because income growth was accelerating in the past, and you had higher you know, quote, savings in your homes or in other asset inflation. So you could, you didn't need to put away as much every month because you were receiving higher returns on the on those goods or on those assets, I should say. And today that may not necessarily be the case. Um, you, know, you still have a lot of people that are underwater in their homes. It's getting better, but it's not there. People that uh, left their money in the stock market sure have done well, but I don't know if you've had new players coming in and uh, – uh, you know, increasing their assets uh, of stock, stocks and bonds. So it, it's difficult to say. Right now, it's likely that most of the savings that have increased have gone on to pay down uh, debts that we had, you know, uh, they had taken out prior to the recession. Anything else that you're working on that we should be brought up to speed on? Kind of the softball pitch that I throw to you? Yeah, I mean, I. I I think that really we need to look at how initial claims have been uh, and how they're tracking forward. Um, you know, you had a lot of talk over the last couple months. The initial claims level fell to its lowest point in, you know, since like 2006, I want to say. You know, everyone was talking about how that's you know, a great uh, indicator of employment growth. It's a great leading indicator for future uh, payroll gains. Um, yeah, you know, and that that all makes good on paper, but I think that the story is that those numbers were biased, and those numbers were not adequately uh, describing what the labor situation is. I think that the initial claims number that we got last week was more of a um, indicator of labor market 
participation and in, in, in everything else. We had a number of 310,000, which is roughly in the 310 to 320 range that I think things are at. This is payroll growth of about 200,000 to 225. It's still good, but it's not great. You know, it's not the 300,000 per month payroll gains that uh, a sub 300,000 uh, per week jobless number would suggest. So I'm really keep focusing on these. These are the you know quote unquote leading indicators for labor market growth, and I, I don't think those numbers are, are very good. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeffrey Rosen with Briefing.com. He's the chief economist. His writings at Briefing.com are enormous. And when I say enormously valuable, not necessarily just big, they do hit a lot of big picture economic issues. He just wrote a piece called Consumption Woes, where you know he's concerned that the consumer could not necessarily be as strong as, po- as potentially expected and lead economic growth. Um, the July retail sales seemingly confirmed his suspicions on that. Growth was lower than two tenths of one percent, so not good numbers. And again, when you start, you know, shaping your economic forecast of GDP, retail sales are part of it. Import exports, producer prices, consumer prices, new home sales, existing home sales, housing starts. Uh, these are all p- big pieces of economic data that you have to like put together in order to have a successful investment thesis. You can't just go into it thinking, you know, ah, this will be easy. I'm going to go buy XYZ stock, and it's going to take me to the promised land. It doesn't quite work that way. Now, with that said, I hope you're not getting negative because I don't want you going that direction uh, because part of this conversation sounds like you can't possibly do it. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think you can. I just think you need some help, like briefing.com. Target reported inline results. Um, Target's not the most exciting of companies at this time. Another, they're trying to turn around from a publicity nightmare where data got stolen and it was their fault big time. There was a story out that I found you know, you, you see it and you study it and you go, okay, what's going on here? Um, an investor, an angel investor out of Europe, and this has also recently happened in the Bay Area as well as L.A., pretty well documented, that a venture capitalist basically is sending very sexually aggressive messages um, after a sit-down meeting uh, just because it happens to be a, an attractive female who's looking for funding for her company. Uh, European angel investor... Um, and companies like Beardy and Apiary uh, emailed, you know, just very things like, uh, I'm not leaving Berlin without having relations with you deal. And uh, it's unfortunate. And I hope we all could say that's unfortunate. And, you know, of course, I think we all know that sexists and sexism and uh, is alive and well. But it's really unfortunate when someone's trying to fund her company has to go through something like that. Um, the whole power-wielding angle of it, and you think maybe I brought that on myself, maybe I shouldn't have had one drink, um, maybe my body language, and it's unfortunate. So men, please behave uh, within reason, please. to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. 
retired general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.